Have you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet with perfect keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high-quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVL at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. Living La Vida Low Carb, talking about a low carb diet. Uh-huh. Getting your body healthy, and ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It messes your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? Uh-huh. It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible. We live in La Vida Low Carb. Get your body healthy and live long. Hey, keep my fats high. high. And my carbs low, need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we on it, yeah, yeah. With ketonics, I'm burning fat and I'm on it, yeah, yeah. Living La Vida low carb, I do this every day. If you want to burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo! It's time for Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Featuring veteran health podcaster Jimmy Moore and functional medicine practitioner Dr. Will Cole. They're here every Thursday answering your questions about low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diets. Now, it's time to drop some keto knowledge on Keto Talk. Keto Talk. Here's Jimmy and Will. Hey, hey, guys. We're back here on Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Visit our website. It's ketotalk.com. Ketotalk.com. FB.com is how you connect with your fellow Ketonians on our official Facebook page, The Ketonian Corner. But we are here on Thursdays answering your questions about low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diets. My name's Jimmy Moore, international best-selling author of Keto Clarity, The Ketogenic Cookbook, and the all-new The Keto Cure. And I'm here with my co-host. He's a functional medicine practitioner out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His name, Dr. Will Cole, drwillcole.com, and the author of the upcoming book, The Ketotarian, which I'm real excited about uh, getting in my grubby hands here real soon, Will. What's up, buddy? What's up, Jimmy? How are you? 
Oh, I'm well, man. And last week's episode, I got so much great feedback from people appreciating that you articulated a lot of the challenges that people have with weight loss resistance and how they can break through that. And and quite frankly, most of it was non-diet related. We assume if you're listening to Keto Talk, uh, you understand keto pretty well, but it's Keto Plus. And I don't think there's any shame in having Keto Plus. Yeah, I think it's people. I mean, we, we why what, how I see a ketogenic diet is really lifestyle driven and and in a lifestyle way of looking at life itself. So anybody that's listening to this podcast and experimenting with a ketogenic diet, they can still have these health issues. So this has to do with food, but it's beyond food, which is important because. Uh, it can feel discouraging to try to do the right things and maybe see benefits, but get stuck at these plateaus. So last week's episode really maybe hopefully gave people some hope into like, look, just because you're not where you want to be now doesn't mean you can't dig a little bit deeper to still have that keto foundation, but target these things that may be a problem for for a lot of people listening. Yeah. Well, I was uh, personally grateful for it. And I know a lot of the listeners who are frustrated uh, doing keto a while and not seeing the scale move. Um, hopefully we gave them some food for thought that helped encourage them as they continue on in this journey. For sure. Well, let's get to uh, the first section of our show, and that's the hot topics. This is always where we take uh, a bunch of the questions you guys submit to us. Sometimes there's overlap and really hot topics that are out there in the keto world. And so we have five of them that we address here at the top of the show. And so the first hot topic today, Will, how does keto impact the symptoms of PMS? So a lot, this is quite common um, that I see people, um, women having PMS symptoms, but they just settle for it. They just think it's normal and they feel miserable and they have really extreme symptoms. But um, I've seen a ketogenic diet really being a amazing application, a lifestyle application to improving this. And there's a few sort of mechanisms of how a ketogenic diet can help with having PMS symptoms. And one of them is balancing insulin levels. And the other one is balancing inflammation levels. So insulin roller coaster, blood sugar roller coaster, and inflammation roller coasters are two sort of the heart of people that have extreme PMS symptoms. So insulin, for people that don't know, it's a hormone that regulates our blood sugar when it's high or when you're having fluctuations of it. Uh, this can cause, this can affect other hormones like estrogen and progesterone and testosterone levels. So having balanced insulin levels, which is what a ketogenic diet does, will in turn cause the, the ripple effect of less volatility of your other hormones as well. And um, this also can impact your liver uh, in a major way. So if insulin's off, it can impact your liver. If inflammation is off, it can impact your liver. Um, and this is responsible for the detox detoxification pathways that impact estrogen levels and progesterone levels. So basically, it's estrogen dominance. Too much estrogen is a sort of key facet of PMS symptoms. Right. So if we're dealing with the liver and getting these hormones in check and inflammation levels down, that's like foundational stuff for PMS to be abated, the, the, the hyperinflammation levels there. Yeah. 
Well, let's move on to the second hot topic. How is it possible to have a low A1C with elevated fasting insulin levels while eating keto? And it's an interesting question, Will, because that's exactly where I find myself. I had an insulin run uh, recently and it was 18. And I had uh, an A1C run and it's 4.8. So how do you have a low A1C and a high fasting insulin level? So it's important for this sort of uh, issue is to put it in context with what the patient or person is doing yep. and understanding the, the what their lifestyle is like, how long they've been eating a certain way and looking at previous labs. All of that's important. Um, but if you're just looking at one lab, not really knowing what the patient's going through and you see a normal or lower A1C and an abnormal or higher insulin levels, what would come to mind for the average patient, like I'm talking about the first time I'm seeing the patient, uh, I would say that for most of the case, hyperinsulinemia or excess insulin precedes high A1C. Ah. So that's different for you. And I'll talk about your case uh, generally, uh, you know, specifically, but generally speaking, um, high insulin levels precedes affecting the A1C. And A1C is a two to three month average of your blood sugar. Uh, serum insulin levels, fasting, you know, I'm assuming it's a fasting insulin, they're testing right. blood sugar in the morning. It's where it's a snapshot at that time, that's that specific time in the day. So your insulin can spike and come down and be this, you know, it's it's a it could be this sort of ocean of ebbing and flowing insulin levels. And A1C is going to have some fluctuation based on the day, but it's a lot of time saturation of glucose uh, in the blood. So um, I've seen it often where the, kind of the hallmark of metabolic syndrome or prediabetes or syndrome X, the first sign of it's typically going to be higher insulin levels and higher triglyceride levels above 100. Those can precede metabolic issues or prediabetes or diabetes up to 10 years prior to the onset of that. So before you ever see the A1C creeping up into prediabetes land, you're going to see high insulin levels. So that's what I would say first. It's sort of like Paul Revere saying diabetes is coming if you're not doing something different. <laughs> yeah. um, but this for yours, it's because you've done so many lifestyle changes to improve your labs. Yeah. You've, you're sort of reversing time in that way where the A1C is normal, the lipids are improved, all these other biomarkers on the labs are improved, the inflammation is yeah. lower, but the, rem the remnant that's still going on is that snapshot in time of the high insulin levels. So um, it's it's in functional medicine, I still would want to, want to, get, want to get that improved, but I would say it's it's a little bit different because you don't know where your insulin level is going throughout the rest of the day. Right. And I think unless you're testing that, it could be completely normal and you may just have this high insulin in the morning. It's the sign of the dawn phenomenon, the higher blood sugar, but it kind of goes down throughout the rest of the day. That's what I would say for you. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes people see these snapshots in time and they just think, oh, well, that's what's happening all the time. And so it's a good reminder, Will, thank you for that, that yeah. these are just snapshots in time. Maybe when I had that insulin run when it was 18, I didn't get a good night's sleep and I was a little higher stress that day. That's going to have an impact on that number. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to have the context of what it means. Exactly.
So let's move on to the next hot topic, number three. What's going on if I don't feel the increased energy, mental health improvements, and sleep benefits that people claim happen on keto? And I'll hear from these people. They're like, all these people online talk about how great they feel. I feel like crap. What's going on with me? <laughs> yeah. So it may take time. I think that's something to, to think about, especially when someone's listening to a podcast and they're kind of exploring this. They, it just may take time. You don't know your baseline. You don't know your starting point. And what's taken years to get to where you're probably at now can take time to, to re, re, you know, balance back. And you're right. There's some people, a lot of people see changes pretty quickly. And, and that's amazing. But some people move slower than I want them to clinically. Um, and that just may be the case for whoever's feeling this way. Um, other things to think about is maybe looking at that last show and listening to the last show where we talked about these other issues that are beyond a ketogenic diet. Maybe this has really nothing to do with food uh, directly. Maybe there's some things that you need to dig a little bit deeper and maybe use food therapeutically, but maybe more targeted specific to your unique situation. Um, and then look at you know, we also a couple of weeks ago, uh, we did uh, sort of a functional medicine clinical case studies where we went over that. And those are maybe that some of those issues would be, resonate with you. And we recorded the poop cast last year. There's a lot of things beyond the ketogenic diet, which we talk mostly about keto. But keto, like you say, keto plus these other things that can impact people in the ketogenic community are important to talk about because it's not all the food and the, the diet. And it may not be all of that. Maybe something beyond this. And again, no shame in the Keto Plus. I, people always want to say, well, if keto is good enough, why you have to add things to it? I'm like, literally everything that you do is a modality for pursuing health or not health. And so <laughs> if you want to do keto alone, that's like one, one uh, foot in the stool uh, of things that you can do, but you really have to optimize multiple things simultaneously. So it's kind of silly to say, well, keto is the cure for all things. And hopefully you've never heard Will or Jimmy say that here on this show, because neither one of us believe that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get to the fourth hot topic. What impact does working the night shift have on blood sugar and ketone levels? And this was a great question. I know we've talked about night shift before, uh, because it has a very real effect physiologically in the body. Absolutely. There's been some key studies um, over the past 10 years that I've seen done on this. This one that I know of, it was published in the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, uh, naturally, right? Um, but they show that, the study showed that peak blood sugar levels were 16% higher just during one night of night shift work compared with one day of normal daytime work when you're not, when you're sleeping throughout the night. Wow. So, I mean, this, I mean, compare that with the daytime is issues, insulin levels during the night, when someone's working through the night, we're 40 to 50% higher at 80 minutes and 90 per minutes uh, at, and 90 minutes after a meal. So um, pretty remarkable. And that's just one night of doing a night turn, let Is alone- is that due to the circadian rhythm being broken? Exactly. You're, you're throwing off your sleepy time serotonin conversion into melatonin. Your cortisol levels are off. Yes, I would say that there are other studies that show consistent night work tends to have an adaptation period where it messes it up for a while because this study was done for one night. I have seen studies where if someone's consistently 
up through the night and sleeping during the day, their body will adjust and it's less volatile. Um, but what I've seen, what the worst uh, sort of schedule is, is having variable schedules where you're working during the day and then you have a night turn every, that's the worst because be your body brutal. can't adjust <laughs> to anything. Yeah. And to be honest with you, that's most people because the weekends they have off and they go back to the other way and they're circadian every week. It's this fl- complete opposite rhythm uh, for your hormones. So that does increase insulin resistance. It increases blood sugar levels, which is the opposite for someone to get healthy fat adapt adaptation. That's where you go on the weekend and say, okay, uh, to your girlfriends, all right, uh, I'm going to meet you at Walmart at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Walmart's open all our, all day, all night. Yeah. And then we'll stop by 7-Eleven and get a drink. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, the last hot topic, number five, why would someone feel more irritable once they become keto adapted? And we, we realize the getting the electrolytes balanced and kind of the so-called keto flu and some of that kind of transition from being a sugar burner to a fat burner, that there can be some mood issues that pop up. But why would you still be irritable once ketones are at sufficient levels that you're keto adapted? What would be going on that would make that happen? So once they've gone through sort of the adaptation period, why would they be irritable? Well, some people are just irritable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is that is true. (laughs) Some people have other things going on beyond their food Um, that that's probably too easy of an answer. Some people are just there's other things going on beyond their food. I think there's good lifestyle issues or other health problems. Um, I mean, a lot of variables here, but specific to the ketogenic diet, because we're talking about that, um, I would, my mind would go to sort of a, a biohacking, looking at macronutrients and then looking at other health issues that because of this shift of foods, it maybe shifted the microbiome. It shifted something else in the body where we may just have to support the body at the, in the here and now to allow the adaptation. And for some people, it just takes longer, even though they've gone through the keto flu, even though not everybody goes through that, but let's just say they did. They're keto adapted theoretically on labs. They're, they're, they're producing ketones, but they're still not feeling great. Then we kind of have to tweak macros or look at other health issues that could be contributing to the irritability. Yeah, I think what happens is that sometimes people get stuck between a low carb and a ketogenic place and they think they're keto adapted. And what's happening is they never truly choose to be a mostly sugar burner or mostly fat burner. So they stay perpetually in that kind of state of flux between those two and that that alone might make them feel irritable. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a number of ways this could go. Maybe you have a crappy boss. I mean, there's so many reasons why you would be irritable uh, long after the time that you should be irritable. Yeah, and... Look, I think we've talked about this before, but this is important to bring up again here is that even though someone can be fat adapted, keto adapted, they're producing ketones, they there still can be a mental, emotional addiction to carbohydrates and other foods. Yes. So even if they're physiologically there, their inner resistance or negativity towards a certain food or giving up a certain food can still be there. I mean, the, the mind 
body component here is strong. Um, so I, I would say about that too, like what's your relationship with food? What's your relationship with what you're doing? What's your relationship with what you're not eating anymore? Because if you're having inner resistance and it doesn't matter if all the labs look great, the ketones look great. If you're having a negative attitude towards your foods, uh, and you're not having maybe that crutch of that comfort food anymore, uh, that can take months and years to heal from. Yeah. Well, that's all the hot topics, and we're going to pause here real quick, and when we come back, we will handle some of the latest health headlines. Hi, I'm Christine Moore, Jimmy Moore's wife, and I'm here today to tell you about the Nutritional Therapy Association and why I decided to go through their Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program. I figured, well, this will be a great opportunity for me to maybe possibly be able to help people with their nutritional issues and anything that they might be going through. Just the thought of me having to learn stuff again, it was intimidating. I didn't think that I would be able to do it. didn't think that I would be able to retain the stuff that I was learning and I would have a hard time on the quizzes and the tests. The NTA is looking for more keto practitioners. They believe in real food. They do not frown upon good, healthy fats. They believe that they should be a healthy part of the diet. The most most gratifying part of the program has been getting to meet a bunch of like-minded people who are interested in nutrition. A lot of us came into this program with health issues of our own that we wanted to try to fix. The material that we're learning is just absolutely incredible. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition, but going through this program, there's so much more to it than what I actually knew. We learn about anatomy and physiology, so we learn about how things work in the body. Body, how vitamins and minerals affect the body. So it's just been a great program. Anyone should do this program. It's a nine month program that can pretty much fit into anybody's schedule. I mean, we have people that have children, full time jobs going through this. So it's very flexible with your schedule. If you're thinking about it and not sure, I would highly recommend you go through it. Join the Nutritional Therapy Association today at nutritionaltherapy.com. Yo, what up, my keto homies? You know, I got to tell you about my main man, the LL Cool J of podcasting himself, Mr. Jimmy Moore, and his banging new project. Check it out right now, baby, at ketowhiteboy.info. This website is on fire and dope for, you know, people digging a whole low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic thing. You hear me? This educational resource is, you know, super tight with simple one-minute videos explaining the whole, you know, healthy keto lifestyle. Go bust a move to ketowhiteboy.info and represent peace yo you still there i gotta tell you to get on that ketogenic thing at ketowhiteboard.info it'll keep you jingling baby simplified short form keto videos found exclusively at ketowhiteboard.info watch it share it live it brought to you by mr jimmy moore from living la vida lowcarb.com We're back here on Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. KetoTalk.com is our website, and we are up to the point in the show where we talk about various uh, health headlines that are making news out there, and we give our spin on these. This first one is from Pop Sugar, which never fails to be controversial. Is it safe to always be in ketosis? Here's what the experts say. 
By now, you've seen some of the jaw-dropping results that people have experienced after trying the keto diet, where you eat low-carb in order for your body to go into ketosis. That's not exactly true, but okay. Uh, And produce ketones in the liver to use as energy instead of the carbs. Would it stand to reason, then, that the longer you stay in ketosis, the better your results will be? So they went out and found some experts uh, to chime in on this. And some of them are your colleagues. Dr. Josh Axe is a uh, certified doctor of natural medicine and chiropractic and clinical nutritionist. And I would say he probably does do some functional medicine as well. Um, And he says, our bodies were designed to be in a state of ketosis periodically. I don't recommend remaining in ketosis indefinitely. Instead, cycle Uh, the carbs in and out so that you alternate days of eating high amounts of carbs with days and low amounts of fat with days of eating low amounts of carbs with moderate amounts of fat. So that's what Dr. Axe had to say. Uh, And then Dr. Anthony Gustin, who founded the Perfect Keto Company, uh, he's a certified sports chiropractor, CrossFit coach. Uh, He says ketosis is a tool. As long as you're using that tool and progressing towards your goal, you can remain in a state of ketosis. Um, and so that was his input. And then I guess those were the two that they, that they looked at. So I tend to lean more towards Dr. Gustin's approach of if you're finding success and getting benefit from it, why would you stop? Yeah. Yeah. And these, these guys are both friends of mine, uh, interestingly enough, but they, I, I do agree with Anthony's um, view on it. Um, I think Josh's view on it is that, um, this is more, uh, where he's at in his life and his wife's at, um, he's not necessarily seeing patient. He's not seeing patients now right. at all. Right. Um, but he's a brilliant human being who's doing a lot of great things. He's just not seeing patients. I, to me, it's like, yes, that is definitely true for some people, but I seeing where Anthony's at, who's not seeing patients either regularly, but uh, I would say as the person who's seeing patients all week long, you can't make blanket statements. I, I think it, it's, and that's why Anthony's opinion, I think, really resonates with me it's like okay if it's working for somebody if their labs are improving and they are seeing a net benefit of staying in ketosis long term then and if they see negative benefits when they go out of it why would you have them do that um so it's just about looking at the individual um and i I think but then to, to say that everybody has to stay in ketosis forever or if they don't they're going to be uh, at a problem no i don't think that's true either right so i think that's where we have to look at the individual how do you feel what works for you what's your own personal keto sort of lifestyle and that is that's my opinion on it yeah and and to josh's uh question of you know making sure you come in and out of it i can tell you as an insulin resistant man um it doesn't take much for me to get kicked out I mean, I could have one meal where the protein's a little higher than it needs to be out. I could have a stressful point uh, going on in my day and test my ketones out. So I think for people with insulin resistance, cycling in and out of ketosis ain't hard. (laughs) Yeah. And so but the pursuit is to try to stay in it as much as possible. Whereas if you're uh, Dr. Axe and you're a little more metabolically flexible, and you're able to pretty much on a whim stay in ketosis all the time if you chose to. All right, if you choose to ramp up your carbs and bring down your fat, and be sure you do that if you uh, if you decide to carb cycle, make sure you bring down the fat when you up the carbs. And and he feels good with that. Then who am I to tell him that's bad? But I think 
for the vast majority of the population and many people that listen to this podcast that deal with metabolic challenges, cycling in and out of ketosis is called living life. Right. And, and there's some people that will really have flare ups when they do carb up too much yes. and they don't feel good. So, and I know, Josh, I mean, it's hard to really encapsulate your full opinion in a soundbite for pop sugar. Um, <laughs> so I, I know this is what he thinks too, but right. they just pick and choose their little clips and they, and they get it in there. But he is a fan of cycling a ketogenic diet, but that works for him and that works for his wife too. Yes. So, Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next health headline. And this one is from the Independent UK. Is the keto diet safe for vegans? I tried it. Would you be satiated by a kale and olive salad? Vegans are used to being subjected to ridicule by their omnivore friends who relish in teasing them for their restrictive diets, which they perceive to consist exclusively of gruel and leaves. As a vegan of a mere six months, I can uh, understand this skepticism. I don't eat meat, fish, dairy, or eggs, but that doesn't mean I'm bound to a life of lettuce and chia seeds. Thanks to the advent of plant-based alternatives to all the aforementioned products, going vegan has never been easier. That is, unless you decide to do the unapologetically, unapologetically oppressive beast that is the vegan ketogenic diet. I love this guy's writing style. Uh, when you combine the unrelenting parameters imposed by keto with the limitations of veganism, it's like sacrificing your soul to the spirits of culinary joy. There's literally nothing left to satiate you. So I'm going to stop there. And uh, just encourage people to go read the rest of this. But as someone who is writing a book and, in, and about to release one all about vegetarians and vegans, given this whole keto thing a go, uh, what did you think about this person's firsthand experience? <laughs> Going back to that irritable question we had earlier, I think this person <laughs> may be under that umbrella. Yes. Um, it he didn't or she did not try it long enough. And I, I think every day the author ate bread um, because bread. they couldn't. Re they could. Yes, they couldn't even make it long because every day they found themselves wanting bread and eating bread. They didn't try it properly. They should have made they some keto bread. <laughs> yeah, they just ate regular old bread. I mean, basically, they were looking at the food choices. They weren't prepping. They weren't even, I mean, you make any lifestyle food change and you're not, you're really going in without any prep. And I think they even use a meal delivery service for some things. And sometimes those meal delivery services, they're smaller portions. I think yes. I even know the ones that they did, they're just maybe not enough calorically. They're just not yeah. eating enough food. Um, so you're depending on a meal service and then you're not getting enough food. So it's like, again, this limbo thing that you mentioned earlier, but not in ketone. They're just not eating and they're not eating until satiety. That's a problem. And then you go, you're not, in, you're not keto adapted. Then you're craving bread because you're in this sort of metabolic purgatory. And I then wonder you're why she felt bad. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, believe me, there are, and that's why I wrote Ketotarian to kind of tell the vegans and the vegetarians, hey, you can be fat adapted. You don't have to, um, there's a better way to do your diet. Um, and I think that's, a vegan keto or vegetarian keto approach. Um, yeah, so it was a really uh, interesting article. So, by the way, our mutual friend, Dr. Joel Kahn, uh, who is uh, big time into the vegan world, he, he was actually one of the contributors in the What the Health documentary. He actually has started on a high-fat vegan diet. Did you know that? 
I did. I saw him a couple of weeks ago yeah. in Arizona and he's doing a lot of stuff. He loves the uh, fasting mimicking diet. I don't know if he's, ex- he's experimented with that as well, but he, I mean, he wants to be healthy and he's in a, he keeps an open mind, I think, to, to doing things a, a new way. Yeah, I loved it when I heard about that. And I said, dude, let's get you on one of my podcasts. So we're going to have him on the Keto Hacking MD podcast uh, real soon to talk about his experiences adding in more fat to his keto. So uh, uh, to his vegan keto, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next headline. Exceeding eggs expectations, plant-based product looks and scrambles just like real eggs. It looks like egg, tastes like egg, even scrambles like egg, but it's made from a bean. The latest plant-based alternative product hits the market and one local chef is embracing it. Few things can improve the mood of a cold and rainy weekday morning short of multiple cups of coffee and extended stay in pajamas. But but over at the Equinox restaurant, just steps from the White House, Todd Gray is cooking up a cure. What does that look like to you while putting the finishing touches on a plate in the back of his kitchen? Uh, A very familiar breakfast food, said the reporter. And if I had to guess, the sandwich comprised of melted cheese, an inch-thick yellow disc, and a toasted and buttered English muffin would look familiar to most Americans. We're going to think... um, we're going to think we're somewhere else when we taste it. Sure enough, the two golden arches came to mind when the sandwich hit my mouth. So they, they basically came up with this um, egg-like pro- I, I hate to even call it egg because it's not egg, but egg-like product uh, product that's made from mung bean. And uh, it's from the company uh, Beyond Meat uh, that makes these kinds of things that are vegan alternatives to animal-based food. Food. So what do you think about a bean-based egg? I'd have to look at the macros and then you added um, fillers or any added ingredients. Because a yes. lot of times when you get those plant-based foods, there's a lot of emulsifiers and strange things to yes. make it work. Mung bean by itself doesn't sound bad, but I, I'm assuming there's other things as well yeah. um, going on. So my, my mind goes to, well, why do you have to replicate the egg and you can't actually replicate the egg you cannot replicate in perfect harmony all the vitamins in a yolk you and just the complete can't. proteins right right it just you can't but as far as like look and taste i can see that i watched i watched the video of this mung bean egg uh, substitute it looks like an egg but nutritionally it's not going to encapsulate what a yolk does um but if people have egg sensitivities and they right. can't have egg whites and they want to enjoy something like egg and if it's decent ingredients, I think it's a good alternative for that reason. Yeah. And I've tried some of the Beyond Meat stuff before, uh, the, the the faux chicken and and some of the, the steak and things like that. And yeah, there's all kinds, Will, of fillers and ingredients in there, like uh, hydrolyzed things. And it just... It's just this lab experiment. And to me, while, okay, it's a great alternative for people that choose not to eat meat, what I want to know is psychologically, if you're a vegetarian, why do you feel like you need to have something that looks like something that you're completely repulsed by? Yeah, exactly. And there's different reasons why people go vegan and vegetarian, but I agree. I think the ethical reason is why would you want something that tastes like something that repulses you? That's a a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I know in your book, you encourage if you're going to eat mostly vegetarian vegan and you want to add in something very nutrient dense to it to make it work on your ketotarian diet, you try adding in real whole eggs if you don't have some kind of an egg allergy or other issue. Uh, and I think that's a brilliant way to do kind of a vegan way of eating in a ketogenic template. Exactly. So some people won't won't eat eggs. They don't want to or they can't. Um, and then there's other options. But uh, I think a lot of people, they can be mostly plant based, uh, but still have things like eggs or ghee uh, that aren't vegan, but still vegetarian keto. Yes. Well, let's get to one more health headline. This one's from the Newark Advocate. And it's uh, it's a great letter to the editor. Abby's Road, a letter to carbs. My dearest carbohydrates. Hey, it's me, Abby. I know it's been a while since we spent some quality time together, and I want you to know I miss you. And it goes on and on. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can see uh, kind of this humorous way of people that are starting on a keto diet or a low-carb diet or even just a a healthier, real foods-based diet. You're going to naturally lower the carbs Um, And and people have to have these moments, Will, where they're saying goodbye to those things that they thought they could never live without. What do you think about uh, Abby's uh, op-ed? Very funny. Very funny. Very humorous. She did not seem irritable at all. It's like very tug in cheek of like the, um, her love affair (laughs) with carbohydrates. And, you know, I think that, I don't think she was actually eating a ketogenic diet in the, in the article, but it was just about, you're right, eating healthier, avoiding carbs. And, um, I think a lot of people, I I think it's a good thing to be humorous and have about that. Like, look, I, I, I depended on this food a lot. I, a lot of my meals were centered around this. Um, but it's ultimately, we have to look at these things and say, is it working for our health or not? Um, and I think she's realizing it's not, and she was humorous through giving it up. And I think that humanizes this change. Uh, that sometimes people say, oh, how, how could I ever give up? And I loved in here, uh, Abby's uh, macaroni and cheese, all the macaroni and cheese. I was the same way, Abby. Uh, and and it humanizes it for people of, OK, there's a struggle. There's a little bit of kind of this remorse and kind of having to let go of past habits. But once you let go, you find new friends in ketones and you find new friends in, oh, my gosh, my brain feels better and new friends in lowered inflammation and lowered insulin levels and all these things that we see as benefits, what you give up is minimal compared to what you get back. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the uh, the first question we got here today from Mary D. Hi, Jimmy and Dr. Cole. I just listened to Dr. Mark Hyman's new podcast called The Doctor's Pharmacy. His guest was Dave Asprey. They started talking about the ketogenic diet, and Dave noted that if you stay in a constant state of ketosis, which he describes as 15 to 30 grams of carbs daily, then your healthy gut bacteria get completely wrecked, and you don't make butyric acid, which is required to make energy. This is why he thinks you should be in cyclical ketosis. So what do you think about Asprey's comment? And is it cause for concern for us ketonians? Thanks so much for all you do to educate us, Mary D. So similar to our commentary about Josh Axe earlier, earlier, uh, we have a question related to uh, cycling in carbs. Are there concerns with wrecking your healthy gut bacteria and failing to make butyric acid when you stay in a constant state of ketosis? Have you heard uh, Dr. Hyman's new uh, podcast yet? 
I haven't. I, um, I, I don't get to listen to podcasts much. Um, you don't have time to breathe hardly. Seeing patients, yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I've heard about it. and um, It's doing well. Of, it was like yeah. number one or two in the rankings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he has a friend of mine, Drew, actually uh, co-hosting or hosting actually some of them. I know. I think he has two new podcasts out. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so they uh, look, it's about the individual going back to what I said about the pop sugar article. Uh, if you are sensitive to carbohydrates and you go out of ketosis easily and it's causing you to limit your vegetables because you go, you're afraid of going out of ketosis and that's the problem for you and you're not having much variety of foods, I would say this could impact your microbiome health long term. Um, the majority of people, I mean, the, what the, how Mary D explained it was that Dave Asprey said that ketosis is 15 to 30 grams of carbs a day. I think a lot of people in the keto world can have more than that and they're still right. doing great. Uh, so that's more variety of vegetables and it's not so restricted. But there are some people that are to stay in ketosis long term, they're avoiding vegetables because they realize that things are throwing them out. And there may be other things going on like gut issues and inflammation that's uh, decreasing that wiggle room of increasing even healthy foods like vegetables. So, um, but keep this in mind. Let's just say that so the person has to limit vegetables for a time to stay in ketosis and they feel fantastic because they're keto adaptive, but they're limiting vegetables. Um, that doesn't mean they always have to be there. It means as their body's inflammation levels come down, as their gut heals, they will most times I find that they can increase their, their wiggle room for, for vegetable, real food, carbohydrates, non-starchy carbs, and they're having a variety of plant foods for the microbiome. But in the short term, they are, uh, they have to restrict it. And that is okay because the, the variety is a good thing too. Also keep in mind here that uh, a few weeks ago, maybe even last week, we talked about the Tanzanian uh, Hadza people, the Hadza tribe, uh, their microbiome diversity was during the months where they just were eating low carb. Uh, actually, they had less diversity when they increased their carbs and increased their fruits because they were eating fresh foods, fresh meat, uh, and the microbiome, the bacteria basically from the meat they were eating impacted their bacterial diversity. So I think that variety of foods is important. I think that fresh food is important for the microbiome. Um, and for most people in the West, they're not eating like raw grass fed meat. Uh, so at that point, that variety for their microbiome would come from plant foods. So I could hear what he's saying, but I think it's more a little bit nuanced than that. Yeah. A little too simplistic an answer when yeah. there's such diversity of what applies to what person at what circumstance <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to say well blanket it's just going to wreck everybody's gut health and you don't make butyric acid to make energy in everybody dave really so yeah, yeah. well mary d thank you for that question and uh, thanks for listening to keto talk we're up to the study portion of the show and this one is uh, from upi study explains link between high fat diet and arthritis a high-fat diet such as a cheeseburger and milkshake. I always love how they go right to things like that for high-fat. Uh, has been linked to arthritis and joint pain, according to a new study of mice. Researchers at the University of Rochester Medical Center determined that bacteria in the gut from a high-fat diet could cause osteoarthritis, a common side effect of obesity, 
and these findings were published in the journal JCI Insight. There are no treatments that can slow the progression of osteoarthritis, and definitely nothing reverses it, says uh, the first author on the paper. But this study sets the stage to develop therapies that target the microbiome and actually treat the disease. And so originally it was thought that obesity caused wear and tear on the body, leading to this osteoarthritis, which includes arthritis. But the researchers found that wasn't the case at all when they were studying the mice. They found the obese mice had more harmful gut bacteria than the lean mice. A common prebiotic supplement did, uh, did not help the mice shed weight. And instead, reversing other symptoms, the guts and joints of obese mice were the same as from the lean mice. And the mice who were fed the high-fat meals, akin to eating a cheeseburger and a milkshake, um, in 12 weeks, the mice nearly doubled their body fat percentage compared with mice who were fed a low-fat, healthy diet, on and on and on. And just with all of these studies that we always talk about, context is everything. So... A high-fat, westernized cheeseburger and milkshake diet isn't what Jimmy Moore and other ketonians listening to this right now would consider a high-fat that's healthy and low in carbohydrates. So what can we take out of this study, if anything, that's applicable to us? I think you, what you can take away is that a mixed meal, um, high bad fats, like uh, unhealthy fats, tra uh, trans fats, partially hydrogenated fats, polyunsaturated like uh, uh, vegetable oils, and dirty, greasy, um, CAFO conventional meat, plus sugar, <laughs> which is inherently inflammatory, uh, is inflammatory for our body. It is, does increase inflammation. And I think just, and I would say beyond this, I think that there is, there definitely is relevance to the fact that underlying gut issues uh, intestinal permeability, things like leaky gut syndrome, and different genetic variances do better on lower amounts of saturated fats. Um, but when you talk about a high-fat diet, um, you cannot compare um, an avocado or olives or olive oils or ghee or an egg to these uh, fats they were talking about in the study. Yeah, so the headline should actually read, Study Explains the Link Between a Crappy Diet and Arthritis. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's going to impact your microbiome and increase you know, lipopolysaccharides, these bacterial toxins, to fuel inflammation in the body. That's, that is the truth. But real foods that are high in healthy fats, um, not the case. So this is a reminder, you guys, the headline does not tell you everything. You've got to dig deeper as to what that is. And people see these headlines, Will, and it's why we address them here on Keto Talk. And they go, oh, no, am I, should I worry about the high fat? And I'm like, context, context, context. Yeah, and it's important, too, because you know these are the articles that their friends and family are emailing them yes. and saying, read this, see what you're doing is killing you. Right. Um, so they can listen to the podcast and actually know what to say back. And now you know. <laughs> well, we're going to pause here and we'll be right back. Hey guys, I've got a great new product to tell you about here today that is the first all-in-one keto meal that gets its nutrition from quality real foods. It's called Ample K. Go to amplemeal.com, enter the coupon code MORE15, that's M-O-O-R-E-1-5 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Ample K is the first complete keto meal that gives you all the healthy fats in a powdered mix-on-the-go 
format. It will help you stay in ketosis with just six net carbs for a 400 calorie meal. It is packed with MCTs for enhanced ketone production and 70% of the calories come from fat, which will help you satisfy your hunger, give you energy throughout the day and keep you in ketosis. It also is good for the gut health and they put 40 billion CFU probiotics in every meal. Again, it's called Ample K. Go to amplemeal.com and be sure to enter the coupon code MORE15 at checkout for 15% off of your first order. Ample K. If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFbomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFbomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butter, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFbomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFbomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFbomb.com. We're back here on Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole, and we are up to the featured questions of the day. And you ready to get going, Will? Let's go. All right. Hannah has the first one. Hi, guys. So I've been keto for about a year and I'm very well fat adapted. It's very easy for my body to get back into ketosis again after falling out. I'm reading from a million different sources that keto is either really fantastic for women's thyroid health or it's absolutely terrible. None of these sources will give me the super sciencey answer that I'm looking for. I just read that the liver needs glucose to convert T4, the inactive thyroid hormone, to T3, the active thyroid hormone. And for most women of reproductive age, skipping whole food-based carbs can make them temporarily, temporarily hypothyroid. So can you help clarify this point for me? Thanks for your show, Hannah. And this is right up Will Cole's alley. Is keto good or bad for thyroid health? And will omitting real food-based carbohydrates from your diet make you develop hypothyroidism? So ketogenic diet is high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate. It's not no carbohydrate. So your body's still getting nutrients. So getting the phytonutrients from real food, carb sources, plant foods. Um, and it's still using the carbs from the foods you're eating and through gluconeogenesis is producing glucose inherently in the body. So my experience is that the benefits weigh, the benefits of a ketogenic diet way outweigh the negative, any negatives. Um, and any negative here would be, it is true. I, I think that some people that are low carb, and they're in ketosis long-term because of other health problems, or they just feel better, their brain functions better, their energy's better, but they, you'll see subclinically low T3 levels, either total T3 and or free T3, but the patient feels amazing. Um, so context is important here. We use that word a lot because it's important in looking at the individual. Um, now, that's, and we've talked about this previously, but basically the body's more efficient it's like uh, it doesn't need that require as many hormones because the body's just a well-oiled machine in ketosis. So it's using hormones. It just needs less because the body's uh, fueled more efficiently. Now, there are some people that have 
subclinical thyroid problems already, and then they go in ketosis. They still see lots of benefits from ketosis, but they will they'll feel lousy long term. So that goes back to maybe Dave Asprey's or Josh Axe's viewpoint is that for those people, they may have to carb up throughout the week or once or twice a month or whatever works for them where they are going in and out of ketosis and they have that metabolic flexibility and they find they feel the best there. It's sort of this nice cyclical ketogenic diet and that's great for them. Um, so it's about, again, going back to finding out how do you tweak this to really feel your best, but the foundation for all these people is still being fat adapted. Yeah. And I think sometimes people look at numbers on a thyroid panel and they see it's quote low according to the, um, I guess the parameters of what normal would be, and they automatically assume hypothyroidism. And this often is the case with the uh, ketogenic diet. When people go keto, they'll see a lower number on the thyroid panel. And, oh, it's made me hypothyroid. Well, a low number on the panel doesn't necessarily mean you're hypothyroid, right? Exactly. I think it's important to look at the functional ranges um, for all your thyroid biomarkers, TSH, T4, T3, the free uh, T4, T3, and the total T4, T3, and then looking at everything else that's going that goes on there. I mean, the liver, which converts 80% of the thyroid hormone from T4 to T3, looking at the gut, looking at nutrients. Uh, it's not just glucose that's, that's needed there. Um, you need selenium, you need magnesium, you need zinc, you need protein to properly produce and convert thyroid hormones. You need iodine. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things beyond glucose that are at play here. Um, and you can't sort of hang your hat on just that as giving you a reason to, you know, eat tons of carbs. Right. I, I don't, I think that there's a little bit more of a specific tweak here without abandoning ketosis as like this anti-thyroid diet. That's <laughs> further from the truth. I mean, it's actually really helpful for a lot of people with uh, hormonal problems. Yes. Well, Hannah, thank you for your question. And we're up to the second featured question of the day. This one's from Daryl. Hey, Jimmy and Will, something strange is happening to my glucose levels whenever I go on a run. At about two miles in, I can feel my blood sugar dropping because I start seeing small spots and my legs feel really heavy. When I checked my blood, it shows readings between 48 to 55. But there are some days that I can run 3.1 miles, never have a problem at all. But the majority of the time, I experience a drop. I've been living a keto lifestyle, and I know that uh, that cuts the supply of available glucose in the blood. But is it normal for levels to drop like that? And will there be any harmful side effects if it continues? Thank you for your help in understanding this, Daryl. So Daryl wants to know, are my diving blood glucose levels well below normal in the midst of a run while eating keto uh, something I should be concerned about? So for Daryl, it seems like the, the problem is, is, the, is the fluctuation. It's the dr quick drop, which will make people feel the way he feels, like the heaviness and vision problems. His legs feel heavy. Um, so there because of the amount that he's running he may have to tweak his macros he may even want to try upping his carbs a little bit uh, around a run uh, maybe his body is not producing enough ketones to fuel him maybe he's still having blood sugar irregularities and he just because he's so physically active he can 
increases carbs or maybe it's protein a little bit um, and support gluconeogenesis in that way. Um, the other thing that comes to mind would maybe he is just he needs a little bit longer to become fully fat adapted. I don't know how long he's been uh, eating a ketogenic diet yeah, he didn't here. Say. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't say. So if this is earlier on, he may be back into this sort of metabolic transition period where his body's not efficiently fueling his body and he's still having the sort of blood sugar regularities. But long term, this normally isn't a problem. There's stability, blood sugar stability. And around, I mean, these lower readings that, you know, in the keto world can be really normal and people feel fantastic. But because Daryl's not feeling fantastic, right. I want to tweak this to improve his, his life. I wonder what role glucagon, maybe resistance is kicking in here that could be failing to raise glucose levels when it normally would in a healthier person. Would that be something that could be going on? Absolutely. I mean, people have longstanding, just like uh, insulin resistance, it can have reactive hypoglycemia and these resistance problems that can impact the, the blood sugar volatility that, that he's seeing or what it seems like he's seeing. Yeah. But again, like we said, with the thyroid numbers in the last question, uh, a reading of 48 to 55 is not a problem unless you're symptomatic um, when you're keto. Uh, but since he was symptomatic, it, it was a problem. So, Daryl, uh, definitely try maybe adding in some, and we've talked about this before, some strategic carbohydrates that will get you through your race. You'll still stay fat adapted, and it gives you kind of that jet fuel to to get you through that 3.1 mile. I, I can't imagine running 3.1 miles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Daryl, thank you for that question. And we're up to the third featured question of the day from Michelle. Hi, Jimmy and Dr. Will. I'm reading Keto Clarity. I appreciate how you address so many of the concerns about keto. There is one question I can't seem to find an answer for, and I'm wondering if you have come across it in all your keto work. My doctor's immediate concern when I told her I was starting keto was something called the onion gap. She said she has seen other patients who started eating keto and their onion gap got too big. And it turns out mine was one point over what it should be. And my husband's was four points over the limit. From what I've read, I think this means my body's too acidic, but I'm just not sure. Any advice on this would be helpful. Thank you, Michelle. So Michelle wants to know, should people who eat a ketogenic diet be concerned about their anion gap getting too big? And is it ketosis or something else that's causing this? So the anion gap is basically a sort of calculation of the balance between positively charged like bases and negatively charged uh, acids electrolytes in the body mm -hmm. uh, in the bloodstream so it's a blood test typically it's on like a full like workup and you'd be seeing this so naturally just inherently ketones are an acid and so being in nutritional ketosis put of puts us in a mildly acid state it's not dangerous it's just a mild uh, state that you may catch on uh, on, a, on a blood workup, which kind of helps the body correct by retaining more ba basic electrolytes uh, in the body. Um, but because it's just a slight fluctuation, and remember, every blood is a snapshot in time, it normally isn't a problem because the body ebbs and flows and the overwhelming good will outweigh any sort of slight uh, anion gap. And, it, and again, maybe it just means that person has a higher carb tolerance. They can just increase their real food carbohydrates, sweet potatoes, 
starchy vegetables like that, fruits, even white rice, brown rice, and they're fine. And that's sort of their body can handle more. So it balances out those electrolytes by increasing the carbs a little bit. Um, so that's what I would say. It normally it's just a slight fluctuation, like a tenth of a point or two points. It's not an extreme yeah. uh, ketoacidosis, what the problem would be. Um, but this is ketoacidosis is really not a problem for people that aren't type one diabetics that are just eating a healthy ketogenic diet. Right. So is this a blood test, this anion gap? Yeah, it's going to be on like a CBC. Oh, complete blood um, count. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be on a CBC. It's normally included in that sort of differential. Gotcha. It's it's that gobbledygook of all that stuff, that, the catch-all yeah. uh, test, the CBC. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you for that question. And we're up to the Keto Talk mailbox portion of the show. Janet has this question. Hi, guys. After two months of happily adhering to a ketogenic diet and benefiting from it greatly, I now have hot flashes all of a sudden. They came on uh, gradually and are most pronounced after I am fully awake. Can you explain why this suddenly started happening since I started going keto? I've always had insomnia keto has improved the quality of my sleep and these hot flashes are just not uh, are not waking me up um, so she gets them after she's awake is what she's saying any help you could provide would be greatly appreciated thanks Janet so Janet's question why did I start having hot flashes that came on strong when I'm fully awake since I started eating keto so Janet uh, had said that she's been on the ketogenic diet for two months and she yep. was happily feeling great for two months. Um, my mind would go to it may have nothing to do with the ketogenic diet right. and it just so happened to happen two months later. Normally people are seeing shifts pretty early on um, and it's not directly related to the ketogenic diet, but uh, what you could do, Janet, is running a full hormonal panel, seeing where your hormones are at. It may just be a matter of supporting progesterone pathways uh, or estrogen pathways or supporting detox pathways. And it's just sort of part of this um, sort of full lifestyle, um, the, the ketogenic plus that we're talking about here, where you're going to get, get your hormones in, in balance. Now, when people make any dietary change, that's going to shift their microbiome. It's going to shift their brain hormonal axis. So in theory, maybe it does have something, a ripple to do with, the key, with your change of your diet. But again, it just may be some additional support because things are, are different in your body today. So, Will, I broke my arm two months into keto because I slipped and fell in the bacon grease. From I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is funny, yeah. though, how people yeah. will, and I'm not saying this is the case with you, Janet, so don't don't take the offense to this, but it is amazing how something will happen physiologically to someone after they start keto, and then they say, well, keto caused that. Sometimes it's just what would have happened anyway if they were on vegan that would have happened, if they were, you know, eating crap, it would have happened. So it, it's amazing. You don't usually hear, man, I was on that vegan diet and it caused this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're reading into it. And I think the internet can strike fear in people because they like, I feel this way. And then they go through Dr. Google. And don't Google think, oh, your symptoms. <laughs> yeah. And they just want to make sure, hey, is this normal? And is this, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Well, Janet, thank you for that question. And we're up to the Apple podcast reviews portion of the show. This one is from 24-7 Audio Fan. 
Always great up-to-the-minute information, easy to listen to, and lots of good facts and real-life how-to-do-it-for-the-low-carb and keto lifestyle. So thank you for that review. And if you'd like to leave us a review, head on over to Apple Podcasts, type in Keto Talk, Jimmy Moore, Will Cole. You will find the show, and you too can leave us your review. Well, guys, that's it for episode 115 of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. As always, head on over to ketotalk.com. You can get full show notes for this and every episode and connect with your fellow ketonians. Find out what's going on in the world of keto at this very moment at the Ketonian Corner Facebook page over at ketotalkfb.com. So, Will, we'll be back next uh, Thursday with another regular format show. And then the next two Thursdays after that, you and I both have some travel coming up. So we're going to air the audio of a lecture that you gave uh, recently. Um, And then I'll also air a lecture the next week for those two weeks that were gone. So uh, thanks for hanging with us, you guys. Thanks for listening to Keto Talk. We sincerely appreciate all the support you guys give us. And until next Thursday, Will, we'll see you then. You've been listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Visit our website, ketotalk.com, for full show notes for this episode. If you love Keto Talk, then drop us a review at iTunes. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, and we'll see you again next Thursday. Disc of Light.